Welcome to the Sports and Shit Podcast presented by Anchor. Your hosts each week are Maddie. But it burned. For me and her, it burned. There was a burning. And the multi-talented Smitty. There's worse ways to go than eating grilled cheese every day and having sex every day. If you like sports sprinkled in with a little bit of shit, then this podcast is for you. Now, here are your hosts, Maddie and Smitty. Welcome to the Sportsmanship Podcast. It is season two, episode number 21. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Next week is our anniversary date, one year of the Sportsmanship Podcast coming up next week. Big episode coming. Uh, we are sponsored by Lobs Brewing. I am Maddie, and my co-host is running around maskless. It's Smitty. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. No mask. Yeah, okay. going mask-free. Feels a little weird. Feel a little yeah. bit, feel a little bit naked. Yeah. Don't you? I walked in this, the, the supermarket the other day, no mask, and I felt like people were going to stare at me and yell things at me. Right. <laughs> like for a, for a hot second. And uh, it was just kind of weird. Like I, I had it in my pocket. Like I just didn't believe it. It's just, it's, it's amazing how you can get so used to something in a, in a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. It's become like your life. And uh, yeah, went into the supermarket with no mask, walked right back out. Went into a bar the other night, had my mask on, saw that the bartender did not, took it off. There you Locked go. In. Boom. I mean, it's it's just kind of strange. So here we are. Today actually is May 29th, and it's uh, Massachusetts opening everything right up. Opening it all up just in time for uh, Bruins' big game one against mm-hmm. the Islanders. That crowd should be rowdy and raucous and uh, lathered up and... <laughs> They should be they should be ready to go tonight. I hope it is a throwback to uh, the old Boston Garden, and, and the crowd is just out of their minds. I oh, hope they are yeah. just fired up and into it. I will be fired up. I am fired up. Sure. Can't believe we have to wait until was it eight o'clock, uh, eight yeah, fifteen, like a twenty, or whatever quarter of nine, a yeah, quarter of ten, midnight, <laughs> right? When somewhere they finally decide to uh, drop the puck, but yeah, everything's open. Fired up. Let's go. Get after it. Yeah, just in time for the summer, and it's going to be one of those years this year, this summer, where you're just going to have a bitch of a time getting any, <laughs> getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like people are just going to be everywhere. That's right, all the time. That's right. Yeah, it's just brutal. Let's let's do some news. Okay, and it's brought to you by Lobs Brewing, a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. In a big event coming up on June sixth, Arts in the Alley, a good old fun time. It loves brewing, so try to check that out. You can use coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. You want to visit www.lobsbrewing.com and follow at Lops Brewing for new beers and events, including that great Arts in the Alley on June the 6th. They just had the first one, you know, earlier this month, earlier in May, and uh, I guess it was a big success. Big yeah. success. So uh, now they're going to do it uh, monthly, it appears. And uh, yep. it is a great event. Lots of vendors and, and beers and food and all kinds of great mm-hmm. stuff. So go over there and check it out. The weather's warming up. You can sit outside on the patio and enjoy the, uh, the ambiance. <laughs> the hops and barley. Uh, so the news in the first item, U.S. startup Boom Supersonic is developing a Mach 2.2 airplane. 
that's three times faster than today's commercial jets. Its long-term goal is to fly anywhere in the world in four hours for $100. Sign me up. Sign me up. I am on board with that. On board. Unless you learn how to fly, which you want to do. Yeah. If you can't do that, then you can just jump on one of these. Go anywhere you want in four hours for a hundred bucks. This would destroy the airline industry. <laughs> it absolutely would. But you know what? I'm all for it because if you're going to charge me, you know, three hundred and fifty dollars to take a forty-five minute flight to you know Philadelphia, then yeah. fuck you, fuck off. Yeah. And, and you're going to charge me more for my bags. You're going to charge me more right. for my bags. So maybe the boom, maybe the boom supersonic people though, maybe they're sneaky going to be like every bag is like a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah. You can come for a hundred bucks, but you know, your pencil case is 50. (laughs) (laughs) Your glasses are a hundred. Your phone's 200 (laughs) and you know, your luggage is three grand. Your bratty four-year-old is $2,000. Right. Right. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> You're gonna just jack the prices yeah. up on everything else. Yes, you want a bag of peanuts? A thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> you know, one thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, you want a beer? Four thousand dollars. <laughs> right. I, you know what? I think. I think. Are they gonna have the same problem that the airlines are with the fat people? Because there's there's people who are evidently getting heavier, even though I'm not sure of that 100. percent But all of a sudden, it's an issue. So I wonder if the boom supersonic. Going to have the same issue with weight. What do they charge you by the pound? Ooh. It's a, it's a hundred dollars, but then if you're over like a hundred thirty pounds, yeah. then we're charging you fifty dollars a pound. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll curb obesity in the country. Everybody's looking <laughs> right. for cheap flights. Right. The, uh, now everybody's emaciated. Look at all these look at all these ninety five pounds starving people yeah. <laughs> taking oh, awesome. taking flights now. But I want to go to Antarctica <laughs> in four hours. And yeah, I have to. that's like yeah. the ground round when you had to. Yeah, you paid like you know a, a dollar a pound or a penny a pound or whatever for your food. Yeah, <laughs> It'd be like that pounds. for the plane tickets. Yeah, all you can eat, <laughs> even for like two thirty, I'm I'm eating like a horse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's coming down the pipeline at some point. A new uh, a new jet. Yeah, hopefully I'll be alive to take advantage of that because I love to travel. Travel, oh, yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. Oh my um, God, you could you could do ten trips for a thousand bucks and yeah. you could go all over the friggin' place. I love it. You remember the uh, Charlie bit my finger YouTube video? That was all the craze a few years ago. It was, yeah. I guess they just sold the rights of it for seven hundred sixty thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars to whoever. I don't even know what it was. It's one of those NFT things, right? Oh, the NFT. That's right. I, I still don't really understand <laughs> understand what that all what that whole thing is about. I don't really get it. It's I like it's like you take whatever content you have or whatever thing you have and and then you sell it as like a one-off and that okay. person has the rights to it now i guess i don't know okay. it doesn't make so any fucking sense to me right thing yeah, yeah i guess i don't know like if you have something tangible it's different than like this video is only mine now i don't know right. a, like yeah. it doesn't make any sense so to me like why yeah. why can't you just watch it on the fucking internet like everyone else right like everyone else. <laughs> i mean wouldn't, wouldn't you want to get like two million views through youtube uh, would you want to have your own? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't uh, understand. Would you, how how could that possibly be worth that kind of money? You know no, what I mean? I don't. Charlie bit my finger was sort of a craze. It, it's really a very simple video, whereas he's got yeah. his finger in his brother's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos. Like, 
I, w- I was surprised no one died from that whole thing because it got to a point where people were just trying to make like 50 grands, like let's jump off this bridge and head first and, you know, kick this guy in the mouth. And it got to be a little out of, con- out of control. I think the last thing we need is, is homemade videos <laughs> of any nature. You know? <laughs> of any nature. Just of any nature. Stop. <laughs> right documenting your life <laughs> nobody cares who the who you nobody are, you know wants to watch your home movies right nobody I mean, it's taken us a year to get a few people listen to our podcast no one wants to watch us run no. into buildings and you know run into brick walls no i mean i guess there's the whole like uh you know watching an accident happen type of thing where the get the people on the yeah. freeway like rubbernecking because yeah. somebody crashed into a house or something that's oh, brilliant but, Really but is. yeah, no one wants to see your personal things, really. No, nobody cares. No. I mean, TikTok is its own issue right now. I mean, everybody's doing all these videos on TikTok, and it's addicting to some people. I mean, I've, I've checked it out a few times, and I, I don't understand. Nothing's really grabbing me that much. I have to sit there for hours and watch TikTok videos of, well, quote-unquote normal people, average people doing average things. Typically, that didn't have any value in life. And it's just one of those things, I guess. You know what you could do is you could take a video of yourself uh, – buying deodorant and teeth whitener because these things are flying off the shelves now. It's the new biggest craze. It was toilet paper and baking flour and paper towels and all sorts of things when yeah. the pandemic began. Now it's teeth whitener and deodorant. High demand. Well, I'm going to go yeah, out on a limb and say, number one, the deodorant thing is a good thing. Oh, that, like that, absolutely that, that, people. Right. Yeah. Jump on that. Put some on. Right. <laughs> let's let's. Right. Let's all be let's all be there. Let's all be deodorized together. People haven't really been outside of their houses. Right. They probably have not used deodorant much. So now yeah. they gotta get after it. So do that. Deodorize. Yeah. The teeth whitening thing, I mean, yeah, it's nicer when your teeth are white. Maybe they're concerned that they haven't really had to smile because they had masks on for a year. Yeah, there you they're go. Concerned about their, their smile. You know, saying so they pound up teeth whitener. Wear a mask with the white teeth on the front. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you're still going to see people wearing masks for a while. I think so, too. Probably through next winter, at least, because I think people are paranoid. You know who wasn't paranoid at all was this lady who climbed into a monkey cage at the zoo and fed them flaming hot Cheetos. Well, who doesn't love some flaming hot Cheetos? (laughs) Maybe the monkey must have been clamoring for some flaming hot Cheetos. I'm not a hot Cheeto, hot, you know, flaming much of anything. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like a like you don't want it to a minimum you don't want like yeah. a flaming bag of dog shit thrown at your door that kind of thing like no. you're you're against that are you no no i don't want flaming anything yeah flaming teeth whitener i don't so you're not really a spicy guy but you do like the buffalo i mean i like certain spice like i see i i need to have shit that has flavor like i just i'm not going to eat something that's hot just because it's hot I'm 100% with you there. And I think that some hot things really have very limited flavor. Like they're not enjoyable to eat. I still like to enjoy eating. I will like a buffalo sauce that's good, tastes good, and give me some spice. Sure. I like jalapeno peppers. I like, uh, you know, stuff that has some some good spice to it. I am not a flaming hot Cheetos guy. I, I just don't. I'm more of a traditional snacker. You know, I haven't gone to the different levels of different types of flavors in my snacks. I'm still a Cheez-It guy, a goldfish guy. You know, I don't go, it was those goldfish with the, the blazing or the, the friggin' flaming or whatever it is, those, the blast, the blast goldfish. Okay. I, I don't get into that. I just like Ritz crackers and give me some crackers and peanut butter. 
I'll eat a wide variety of snacks. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much anything. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I like, Humpty, I like Humpty Dumpty, uh, Humpty Dumpty all dressed chips. That has some tang to it. I guess I'm more of a tang guy than a spice guy overall. See, I like my spice to, I like a, a little bit of spice, but I still want to know whatever is the underlying thing that the spice is on. I still want to taste that. Right. So I, I still want to know that I'm eating whatever, like a corn chip or or a right. cracker or chicken. You know, if it's buffalo, I still want to know that it's chicken. I don't want to just right. burn my face off and not know that I'm right. eating chicken. And it could be anything. Right. It could be yeah, it's just or... the, all you taste is the spice because it's so fucking hot. that You don't right. taste anything else. Your fucking right. nose is running. Your eyes are watering. Right. Like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want that. Why do people yeah. want their nose to be running while you're eating your food and sweating? Why do you want to be yeah. sweating? Uh, <laughs> Why do you want to sweat while you're eating a chicken wing? I don't want to sweat. I want to have a beer and eat a chicken wing, a crispy, delicious, yeah. spiced chicken wing. Yeah. I mean, I need to taste the chicken, too. Or just suck on an old shoelace. I mean, what, what difference does it make? <laughs> exactly. If you want to spice, spice it up, throw some, yeah. uh, you know, burning hot sauce on an old shoelace and, and right. you know, lick it. Suck the shit out of it. So this, the, the zookeeper had a, an issue with this, this woman because these hot Cheetos, and I feel for the monkey in this, can cause stomach issues and bowel disruptions. They, it can do that for humans too. Yeah. Burning hot Cheetos. Be in so, the can for a while with that thing. So basically this woman's given this, this monkey like thunderous diarrhea and the zookeeper's yeah. like, I have to, I have to clean up afterwards. Right. I'm the one right. in charge of it. You're just having a cute little moment with the monkey feeding him, feeding him Cheetos right. where right. I have to, I got to clean the bathroom after, after you're working right. here. So. Right. And the, the monkeys don't have two ply, you know, to, to do it themselves. He's like, I got to hose this stuff down afterwards. <laughs> and here you are like being all sweet, you know. Eating Cheetos she out of hand. He, the he, the ground. He's like, fuck you, lady. Get out of here. Go away. And in our zoo, what, what do you think we should do? If, like if this was our zoo, I mean, the lady would be eaten, first of all, with the Cheetos. Right. I'm sure. But then. I think there would have to be a no feeding the animal sign pretty much throughout the place because the things we're going to do to you are going to be life threatening as it is. You don't need to be feeding anybody to accelerate that. I don't know. I feel like maybe this. we should give them. Like, give them a couple of raw steaks and let them run around and see what happens with the lions. <laughs> we should tie a couple of raw steaks. To yeah. Neck <laughs> tie some, tie some meat to them and then let them wander with the lions. Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. We could have steak, raw steak neckties. You could put them on <laughs> when, you walk, when you walk in, see how far you get. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea. Yeah, a little filet on your, on your chest. Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, teaming up for another of one of these uh, celebrity things that they did last year, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers in a golf match July 6th. This is part of that, um, whatever the hell they called that last year. The uh, golfing, the live event they did with Ty was a tiger and tiger last year. And Man Peyton Manning or two years ago, tiger and Peyton Manning with Brady and Mickelson. Brady, <laughs> Brady didn't play that well, get more and more pissed. I think I'd tune in just for that. Just to see him get more pissed. Bryson DeChambeau is a piece of work. Twitter stuff with him and Kepka was a Kepka, Brooks Kepka, where he just seems like DeChambeau just seems like this whiny little little dude, you know, just keeps whining about everything. He had a hurt knee the other day because he said the crowd got too close and yeah, bumped into his knee, bumped his knee. She said, "How fragile are you?" I mean, honestly, tough so for that, me to that, walk that, the course after they bumped into my knee. Come on, 
Yeah. Me too. Yeah. If I can walk through the course without hurting my knee, then you can for shit sure. Uh, so looking forward to that one, July 6th. Yeah, but this, according to research, having a big bottom or a big ass, if you will, is actually good for your health. Interesting. Yeah. So there's women out there who are concerned about the size of their ass, obviously, uh, as an image type of thing. Health experts are saying you should actually be hoping for a bigger ass. Or apparently a big bum is a good sign for our health. What kind of sign is that? Like, what kind of sign is that? <laughs> as a scientist, how would you, how would you research that? Like, how would you, how would you research that an ass is good for, a big ass is good for health? How would you, what are you doing? That really, that really is the question. What, what are you doing? Are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, are you taking a handful of ass? Like, what are you doing? Are you grabbing all these asses? How are you determining that this is actually beneficial? Yeah. How would you determine through health? You're just looking at the girl's ass. You're just staring at ass all day and be like, okay, so yeah, yeah, you're a little, you got a little, you know, you got a little thickness back there and uh, you seem to be in good health. Yeah. And then here comes some other girl, maybe a little thinner, maybe not much, not much cushion back there. And he's like, she's had some health yeah, issues. you got some, you got some issues. <laughs> you got some serious, <laughs> you, got, you got some issues. You got some serious, serious problems. Now, now my question is this, if you're a healthy woman with a bigger derriere, are you going to have a hard time getting on an airplane? Because now they're saying the weight limit is a little, it's a kind of catch 22. Is that what those things are? Yeah, it is. It is a catch-22. Yeah. So, and then the other question is this. What is, you get to a certain point and then they, they call you obese. Where is the line right. between a healthy big ass and an obese big ass? Right. Where, where, where is the line? Because at some point yeah. they say obesity is bad for you. So at some point right. that big ass is bad for you. Right. Some point. Some point. And what happens to all these ass, song yeah. lyrics? You know, fat bottom girls and... Can't trust yeah, a big button, a smile. I mean, what, what, what's happening? What, I mean, now what? Now where are we? And I cannot lie. They were preaching about all this stuff, and maybe they knew. Maybe Freddie yeah. Mercury knew. Maybe Sir Mix-a-Lot knew that maybe. that was actually, it was good and healthy and great. A recent survey says that men are behind this initiative. We're <laughs> 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 here all week. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So I, can af- I, I imagine they would be. Yeah. I would imagine they would down be. down the pipeline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so look out for bigger butts. Coming down uh, the careful. pipeline. Careful. <laughs> careful out there. Careful out there. Uh, yeah, so that'll, that'll do it for the news this week. We have Connor Ryan from the Boston Sports Journal talking Boston Bruins. And that'll come out right after this break. We are joined again this week by Connor Ryan from the Boston Sports Journal. Connor, it's good to see you again, buddy. Yes, good to be here. So Bruins Capitals, you know, Bruins win the series. I, I, coming into the series, I was a little concerned just because of recent history with, with the Capitals. It seemed to be a tough matchup from the past. Uh, lost game one. But after that loss, even, I felt this weird calmness about the <laughs> series. I don't know what it was. I just felt like the Bruins were just better and, and, and over time would, would win and I don't know your thoughts on, on how the series progressed, but it, it just seemed to be a little different feeling for me. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, even where, you know, the first couple of those games were so, so tight. Uh, you know, you had obviously the double overtime game in game three. But even during all that stretch, there was never a time where in, in that series where I feel like, you know, the Bruins were, 
you know, really on the ropes or there were stretches where they were really struggling. You know, I think a lot of the fear going into it, you know, the narrative, obviously, with the Capitals, this big physical team of the Bruins are going to get knocked around. Obviously, those guys like to finish their checks, but there wasn't anything, you know, the, the Miller injury is obviously unfortunate, but there wasn't any situations where they were getting boxed out of, you know, great AIs, or they're getting really knocked all over the place. And anytime they were, they're usually returning with, you know, heavy hits of their own. So I think you look as that series went along, your, your main takeaway is just the fact that it seemed like the Bruins were just a tier above them. You know, it's the book on the Capitals has been the same for a while, you know, big physical team, great top six. But you look in that series, other than Tom Wilson's goal, the goal that opened game one, I don't think the top six had a even strength goal for the rest of the series. Obviously, Ovechkin had a couple on the power play, but you look at the way they played, and I think probably the most encouraging part of that for the Bruins is every single game seems like guys were getting better and better, you know? First two games, the, the fourth line, uh, it's kind of get its footing, you know, to see how they were doing. But by the end of it, you know, Chris Wagner seemed like he was hitting everything that moved. That fourth line was playing well. David Pasternak, as much as people thought he was really struggling in the first two games, really, you know, got hot there at the end of it. And then the second line, even if they didn't maybe score as much as people thought they were going into that postseason, still were fantastic. I mean, Taylor Hall, makes such an impact, not even just the scoring department, but those zone entries and how he's able to get through the neutral zone is key. So, and, and Rask was great, obviously. So uh, you look at the, the way that whole series played out, even if maybe the scores weren't very lopsided, the Bruins control play for extended stretches there, you know, and I think for some fans, maybe we're concerned just how that, how they were going to hold up against a team that ideally you look at the Capitals, they're a team that should be built for playoff hockey. Right. And the Bruins kind of more or less punched him in the face, right? Like they, they kind of answered everything they had. So I think anyone, can come out of that series being very encouraged by what they showed. And I think the Bruins themselves have a lot more to give going forward. Well, yeah. So you mentioned um, Rasp being good in that. And we've seen some subpar goaltending uh, in the playoffs. You know, the Capitals uh, goalie gave one away and uh, Jari from the Penguins uh, gave one away the other day. So uh, should we be appreciating Rask? There's definitely uh, the the section of Rask haters out there, but should we be appreciating more than, than we probably are? Yeah, I mean, the, watching that that Penguins Islanders series, I mean, give, give credit to the Islanders in terms of you know they're always a tough out. You know, they may not play the most thorough brand of hockey, but it's winning hockey most of the time, right? They they stick to Trot's system, and they've got a lot of guys who are really underrated. Obviously, people look at Barzal, but you look at that Beauvillier, Nelson, uh, uh, Bailey line, and how great they are. But that series, Penguins should have won that series. I mean, I, I I look at the Penguins in that team compared to the Bruins, where they're kind of in the same boat. That you know, Crosby, I think is going to be 34 next year, Malkin 35, Latang 34. They only have so many more kicks in the can, right? And you look at other areas of that team, still got a good forward core. You know, they add Jeff Cotta, who looked really, really good as a third-line center. Uh, you had, you know, Kapanen playing well. Random guys on defense, like Cody Cece looked like reborn. I don't know what what the water is down in <laughs> Pittsburgh. That that guy like looked competent, but that was a pretty good Pittsburgh team. Probably the best they've had in the last couple of years. And it gets completely unraveled by, like, just dreadful goaltending. Like th- those games I was watching, I was like physically pained and I have no, no dog, you know, I have no rooting interest in the Penguins, but like to see a team like that, that in normal year, with just like a standard goaltender to just fall apart like that. It puts in perspective one, just uh, how many, you know, more chances this Bruins team has for this veteran core in place and how thankfully they're not undone by a fatal flaw. And we, we can look back at years past and how much, you know, top six scoring or secondary scoring has done them in, but nothing has been as like uh, as bad of an Achilles heel as what, 
what Pittsburgh was just down by. So uh, for the Bruins going forward, obviously you hope Rask can keep on playing at the level he was in the Washington series with like a 940 save percentage. But you look at this Islanders team and going off of that, they're, you know, opportunistic. They, they've got timely scoring, but they're going to have a lot tougher test when you don't have a guy like Jari giving out freebies like he did multiple times in that series. What we saw here also was the another another level from from Charlie McAvoy in really becoming you know just a real horse playing huge minutes. Uh, I think there was a stretch in one one game put in the game where he played like for the last five minutes and uh, he's a he's a real real horse and he's really come into his own he's he's added more offense as well which is the one thing we wanted to kind of see from him as he progressed but I just you know and you're a BU guy so I'm sure you love seeing Charlie uh, you know progress but I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on how he has really become one of the top and where he fits as among the best defensemen in the league yeah I mean I, I think he's in that top 10 tier, if not, I mean, I, I don't, I did not have a vote for the Norris this year, but he would be right up there, you know, in, in the top three voting for me, for sure. Just in terms of, you know, he may not be as, you know, his highlight reel maybe isn't as uh, riveting as a, a Makar or, a, you know, Quinn Hughes, maybe one of these more offensively, uh, you know, offense first defenseman. But you look at his impact, not only just the minutes he logs, but how good he is uh, in transition, which obviously sometimes that stuff doesn't get registered in the, uh, in the score sheet, right? Maybe you get, a, a secondary helper or something off of a good, you know, rush or what have you. But sometimes that stuff kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But you look at just how well he played in that that Washington series. And I think probably the, the most encouraging development for him in that series, not only just the minutes and, you know, the, the plays he made, but the one kind of knock against McAvoy in his pass is that great five on five driver, but kind of a secondary guy on the power play. Uh, you know, some of that's a consequence of having a guy like Tory Krug there last year, but even this year, obviously it was more of, you know, Grizzly getting that spot and McAvoy was kind of relegated to that second pairing. But ever since they made that switch, I think going into game three, where you had Krejci and McAvoy in that top power play uh, unit, looks pretty good. You know, it's a definitely different look now. We've got, I think, four right shot guys on that unit. And, uh, but you look at the way he's playing there he's poised he's he's moving the puck up high and he should get even more chances to kind of move the puck around against uh the islanders because the capitals like pk is a lot of you know pressuring pressuring up high which usually gives the bruins fits on the power play so right. the islanders a lot more of you know packing it in and you know taking away the the seam the seam pass to you know berger and apostronach but the Bruins sometimes do pretty well against those those PK units where they're not pressuring, where it at least gives guys like Mashan and whoever's operating up high a lot more space to move around and kind of find those areas, whether that's at the net front or, or shots from, from up high. So it should open the door for a lot more ice for a guy like McAvoy to, you know, get his opportunities. And that series against Washington was just a clinic of the way he played. I mean, I think he was the best player on the ice for either team. And again, the scary thing is he keeps on getting better, right? I mean, he's starting to get pretty good at the power play, but what happens next year when he's got the keys to the power play unit for the whole year, right? Like you expect him to probably, you know, hit 40 points, you know, 45 points. And sometimes that's all the difference for some voters, right? In, in terms of the Norris voting category. So the ceiling for him hasn't even been close to realize yet, but if he plays at the level he did in the first round, the Bruins are obviously going to be a tough out because I mean he's playing like a like a, a top three defenseman in the league right now. 
So as as Krug is swept out of the playoffs and and Chara is eliminated, also you know obviously it looks like the right move to to move on from those guys. What's your take on that on that whole thing and you know letting some of those young guys kind of grow into some roles? Yeah, no, it was definitely you know a, a calculated risk I could say in terms of the Bruins. I mean, I think it more or less comes down to the simple financial aspect of it, right? Would the Bruins love to have these guys back? Of course, you know I think the players love Chara. They love Tory Krug as kind of that key cog. He would be a guy that you know would. Be be in the running for a captaincy here once, you know, Bergeron eventually retires. Uh, you know, players really adore Krug and especially the younger players uh, we kind of took under their wing. But when it comes to the cap situation, right, you got to be, uh, you know, forward thinking in that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Bruins defense and even if a guy like Zaboral hasn't totally panned out, right, the results where you're getting McAvoy taking that next step in his development, where you're letting uh, Grizzlick get more ozone looks, where uh, you're throwing guy like Lozon into the fire a little bit, uh, a guy like Clifton who I thought was fantastic in the Washington series. Um, all these little effects of, you know, giving more ice time to these players has worked out for them well. And, you know, it's not like they've got like a, a blue chip prospector where, uh, you know, in a few years from now, Lozon is a top pairing guy. The strides made by guys like McAvoy and Grizzlick have made enough of an impact where you're able to move on from Chara and Krug, add more, you know, depth to the lineup. And, you know, the bottom line, you free up a lot more cap where this upcoming season, whether it's Rask and Krejci or Hall or setting some of that cash down the line when McAvoy McAvoy gets a pretty sizable pay raise, right? <laughs> He's going to get paid. Yeah, you have to be proactive for that stuff, especially where the cap is probably going to be flat for the next couple of years. So uh, it's, sometimes it's, it's unfortunate when these decisions come down to the bottom line, but I think uh, from the Bruins' perspective, it's when we look back on it. The optics at the time, unfortunate, right? You always like to see these guys stay in one jersey, but in you know, four, you know, five plus years from now, if McAvoy is locked in for a 10-year contract or something, it's all worth it, right? Right. And I think that it, one of the impressive things, if you think about it with excluding Mike Riley and then uh, Kevin Miller or whatever, but most of them are homegrown defensemen. And they've done a good job of drafting, but also developing the players to play the way they wanted to play. You know, Clifton has been a guy who I've been Smitty even more than I just <laughs> ripped the hell out of him all the time. He plays beer league hockey. I mean, he's all over the ice. Yep. He's, you know, he just gets out of position. But you're right. In the Capital Series, I don't know what clicked. They must have given him a role and said, do this and that mm-hmm. and stick to it. And he did it. And he was yep. he was fantastic. And you're correct. I mean, I, and I was surprised because when he went in there, I said, <laughs> just this is not going to be good. But he did a, you know, a fantastic job. But I, I really think that they've done it. I don't know who it is in that, um, you know, the coaching staff from the developmental you know, team that they have. But they've done a really good job with their defensemen over the years of drafting and then developing them to play the way they want to play. I think that's really good on them. Now, the Islanders play a structured, you know, a more structured game. You know, they'll... They'll sort of, you know, they'll frustrate you. And Barry Trotz, I have a lot of respect for. I mean, he won Calder Cup up here in Portland, Maine years ago. And, you know, he won the Cup with Washington. He's a good coach. The teams play the way he wants them to play. I just think now, though, with, with the depth that the Bruins have because of their trade deadline moves, I just think they have too much, you know, specifically 5-1-5. Five five. In the beginning of the year, I'd be scared to death of the Islanders. Absolutely. So the Bruins are too thin. But now that they're deeper, I don't see it as being as much of, a, of an issue. 
Yeah, it's definitely an interesting matchup where you look at how the Bruins matched up with Washington, where you're like, all right, we know the book on Washington, but there's a couple of matchups that the Bruins should easily exploit, right? Where with their goaltending and their defense, if they played Pittsburgh, we'd talk about the same thing, right? We know what Pittsburgh's good at, but the Bruins are going to score four or five goals a night. Uh, this seems a little bit different in the Islanders in that the Bruins, I think, are better in all major areas, but it's not like it's such a huge disparity, right? Islanders have good defense. Uh, they've got obviously much better goaltending than what you'd have to face with Jari or uh, Vanacek, Samson, off those guys. But I think, especially in the scoring department, I think is I just don't think that the Islanders have the offense to kind of keep pace for the Bruins. Unless Sorokin or Verlamov, if he gets back in there, stands on their head. You have to imagine the Bruins are going to get their, their, their shots in against the Islanders. And it remains to be seen if they can, you know, answer back, you know, unless it's they keep it at, you know, 1-1 games, 2-1 games. If the Bruins score two, three goals in this one, it's going to be tough for them to catch up because, again, they got their chances against Jari, but you're not going to get those same freebies when you got Rask in there. Um, and so it's one of those things, too, where I think for the Islanders, they really, really miss a guy like Anders Lee and what he brought to that team. Uh, I mean, that first line now, you got Matthew Barzal, who's fantastic. Jordan Eberle is a great player, but you also have Leo Komarov is the other guy on that line. kind of hurts you a little bit, right, when he's the... Uh, He's a third option there. So I think from the Bruins, if you're able to get the chances that you should cash in on where, you know, unless JG Pajot and, you know, the Zekas line and those guys put on all-time performances and completely shut down both the Bergeron and Krejci lines, you know, you're going to eventually get a few of those goals past those guys. And if the Islanders are trailing two goals in the third period or what have you, it's going to be pretty tough for them to, to catch up, you know. So I think it comes down to that ultimately in that, Doing the preview for this one for me was tough because it's not like you have this huge matchup where you're like, all right, the Bruins, you know, X, Y, Z are going to exploit them. But just every area, they're slightly better. And I just, you know, especially in that top six, I don't think they can, I don't just can one, keep those guys contained for the whole series and two, equal them in scoring. All right. So uh, a quick five questions with two assholes coming up here now. So first question, would you rather be shot out of a cannon or put your head in a lion's mouth? Well, if I got fired out of a cannon, I'd probably get a really good view as I'm flying through the air. Probably, yeah, I don't think it'd be nearly as good with a lion. Like, I, probably, probably smells bad too. No, I, yeah, I'll take the cannon. Yeah, you get a good view as you. I'm going. Can, I'm going cannon a hundred times out of a hundred. I'm not putting my head in a lion's mouth mm-hmm. ever. Question number two. Uh, I don't know if you have a significant other. If you did, who would be your hall pass? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Just run into yeah. yeah, it's going to be recorded yeah, for uh, yeah, for, exactly. for infinity. Yeah, so you know, week, yeah. So. I can I can edit. So take your time. Make sure you pick a good one. <laughs> yeah. When I was little, I'm trying to go. I had like a, a huge crush on when I was little. Big Natalie Portman fan, but that was also like Star Wars yeah, at the time. Yeah. So like that was okay. that was that was the one for me. So it can't go wrong with that right. one, right? Sure. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. All right, question three. Would you run naked in a mall for three minutes for $70 million? $70 million, Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> $70 million. Right. I, I haven't heard. There's going to be a lot of naked people running around because I have not heard yeah. one person say no to this. Right. No. If it was like no. it was like 70 grand, yeah, then, you know, court, you got to pay like the, the court fees for that. Uh, <laughs> no, $70 million, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. That's okay. Right. I think uh, Smitty said he would run it every day for a month. I would. I would. Yeah, absolutely. I'd make it my morning jogging routine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who is your favorite player to cover? during your time at the BSJ? 
That's a good question. We luck out with that. We got, whether it's obviously Cassidy, who's great with us, who will give you anything. But even, you know, in the locker room, there's a bunch of great guys to talk to. You obviously lose some of it when it's all through a Zoom call. You can't kind of just shoot the shit with guys, you know, in the locker room. But my favorite guy to talk to is probably DeBrusque. Whether it's you just seem like a random anecdote or you're just catching up, dude is, you know, probably the, the most happy-go-lucky guy. He'll always, like, have a... You go Talking to him is like you just go down the rabbit hole where you'll be talking about one thing and all of a sudden he's talking about him playing Xbox and, like, the problems with playing <laughs> Fortnite or something like that. So he's always good for a good tale or two. So he's probably the, the best one to talk to, but there's a whole bunch of great guys. Um, there, there's a lot in that list for sure. That's great. So question number five, if you were to be executed... What would your last meal be? Ooh. I'm trying to think something creative because I feel like people, when they say that, usually it's the same thing where it's like, you know, like a really good steak. You know, I would keep it, you know, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to get like a a quart of like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Just go (laughs) go like that. I I, I would eat the... I would eat the entire core. Yeah, I have no guilt at that point, right? No, no. What? So what? What? What flavor are we talking about? What are you going with? You know what? It's going to be pretty basic, but I'll I'll take the uh, I'll take the cookie dough. I'll do that. that, that, I mean, a quart of that would like I'd probably get like fall asleep anyway. I'll be like unconscious by the time after I'm done. Yeah, that whole thing. So I think process. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Makes it a lot easier. I'm helping out everyone. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's happy at the end of the day, except probably me. But I, I would go for that one. Cool. All right. So, and then one quick bonus one. What's your prediction for the series with the Islanders? Yeah, I'm going Bruins in six. Um, I was like pondering whether to go really bold and say five, but I think all these games are going to be one, two goal games. Uh, I think there's going to be one game in, in there where uh, Sorokin or Volamov stand on their head or the Bruins, you know, get frustrated with, you know, the trap they like to roll out there and get a counter rush or, or what have you. You know, it's not it's not going to be the most riveting series in terms of maybe the, the how, how the team play, but um, I just look at the way the Bruins are structured and their, their firepower, and if the Bergeron and Critchelin play like they did in the Washington series, especially by the end of it, I just don't think the, the Islanders have the, the personnel to answer when they score two, three goals in, in a game. Now, do you feel if, if with, the, with the crowds back in, do you feel like it's an advantage to one team over the other to have a crowd behind them? It'll be interesting because, you know, I tend to not put a ton of stock in the home ice advantage because of uh, the, the blue series where I thought, right. all right, well, game five, Chara comes in with the, the, the mask on, oh, yeah. got the broken jaw. Like all of us before that game, like this is going to be one of like a, a hallmark game for this franchise. It's going to be unbelievable. The crowd was awesome. And then we all know what happens. And then after game six, uh, you know, I was telling people that in a, a winner go home scenario like that, I don't think I've ever been more confident of a team winning, like as opposed to like a Super Bowl or what have you, than the Bruins winning that game. I thought after that right. game six, they were they, they were the better team. They, they were on home ice and that that ended as it did. So this is an interesting like season where you wonder how much of a lift it really gives these guys. Cause it's not like, you know, they haven't had a full crowd in their building in, in a year. I'm not saying that that's a thing where they're not going to be used to it, but I think considering they haven't had that rush in over a year, it should give these guys quite, quite a bit of a boost here. So, I mean, I think you saw in that, that game, uh, that game six at NASA, I mean, that place was rocking there. And I can only imagine the gun's going to match that on Saturday night. So uh, I think in terms of just the pure matchup perspective of it, I'm sure the Bruins are happy. They have home ice where I think the Islanders are so good at Nassau, but if the Bruins, you know, out of, out of this game, don't come out and, you know, play spirited hockey with what we imagine, I think the crowd's going to be like, it's going to be a shock, right? Because I think the, I think the place is going to be rocking for, for all, for all the series. I agree. 
Well, Connor Ryan, Boston Sports Journal, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Hopefully, we have a few more, uh, few more rounds yeah. to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. A few more series recaps. As yeah. uh, I, I love, you know, three more of those. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. See you guys. And special thanks again to our buddy Connor Ryan from the Boston Sports Journal, talking Bruins. Always good to have Connor on as the Bruins take on the Islanders in round number two, and we'll continue to cover some Bruins hockey. Hopefully, right through the Stanley Cup Finals with a Cup win. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, very, very fun. <laughs> I would, I would, would be thoroughly enjoy that. If they go to the cup finals, I can guarantee you there will be a Facebook live during one of the cup final games. There will be. Um, I can guarantee you that. And there will be yeah. uh, heavy drinking involved. And, <laughs> right. Um, tomfoolery. Tomfoolery. Probably some yelling, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely some swearing. So, yeah. Um, NC 17, I think they call it. Yeah. Mind your P's and yeah. Q's. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, like uh, it, yeah. Get lost. Yeah. If you don't like it, piss off. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that should be fun. Mm. Hopefully, no smashing of TVs or anything like that. No. You know, maybe we should do that if we want to go viral. I think so. I think we go viral. I think we go viral right there. Maybe that's like a YouTube, like a, maybe that's yeah. just like the whole bells and whistles kind of Yeah. Thing. I could find some kind of a pom pom or something to shove down your throat, you know, you if, they're, if yeah. they're, uh, you know, score a late goal or something like that. Wouldn't be the first time. No, it wouldn't. Nope. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> nope. Nope. The 1996 <laughs> AFC Championship yeah. game, I almost died. Yep. Tried yeah, to tried to death. murder you on the on the yeah, twenty rows from the field on the pulling those fucking things <laughs> strings out of my throat. Yeah. Uh, we were having fun doing it. Yeah. Good yeah, times had by all. So we're going to bring back an old, uh, an oldie but a goodie, the Give Me That Shit segment. We're going to give me that shit on everything opening back up after a long, you know, 15 months or whatever it was. I mean, if, that, if that's not a Give Me That Shit, I don't know what is. I mean, oh my God. Everything, everything being back open. So you got, the, you got the sports venues opening up, you got the concert venues opening up, you got restaurants and bars and, and summertime's coming. Everybody should be outside. They should be drunk. It really should be like a big, huge block party for the entire summer. I, I totally agree. Beaches, jammed. Yeah. yeah. You know. Nudity. Out, outdoor seating, <laughs> nudity. You know. Yeah. Borderline illegal activity. Yeah. There should some be. Some illegal activity. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do some. Let's, let's have some illegal things happening. Yeah. Let's have some people drunk. Let's, let's get back to speakeasies and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah brothels opening brothels up. yeah hell yeah. everybody let everybody go out to vegas and have sex in the desert it's gonna be like the it's gonna be like the 70s again dangerous sexual diseases right along i think i think it's it, it, yeah free and easy the summer of 2021 could be like the studio 54 era of yeah of of, of the 70s just yeah. like lots of illicit activities yes just going on just, all over the place just me, you, and Dennis Eckers <laughs> Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Getting after it, uh, you know. You know. I'd love for that to happen. We should try to make that happen this summer. Me, you, and Eck out on the town. Yeah, out on the town. Yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I, though we're just like me, you, and Eck just on a Zoom call would be. Great. <laughs> that would be that would be great too. Yeah, that would be great too. Yeah. So maybe we can make one of those two things happen. Yeah, maybe we can make one of those our stuff to like a Red Sox game and sit outside of the sidewalk. Be like, hey, we should do that. Coming by, yeah, whoever's coming by, do like a people on the street, drunk. Oh my god! You know what? We hilarious. should we should just bring our stuff into Fenway 
and and try yeah. to try to go near like where Jared Carabas is in section 10 or whatever and just like hang buy tickets in section 10 and then just try to do the podcast just near him and be like hey want to come right. on Hey, it's Jared Carabas. Hey, look, it's hey. Jared. Hey, Jared. Saying it louder. <laughs> yeah, Jared. Yeah, so give me that shit. Absolutely. We're going to give me that shit all summer long with some uh, some really fun times. We have to get out and see Jonesy, too. Yep. Toward the fall. Yep, a little later in the summer, and we got to go down to, we're going down to Connecticut in July. We are. To the Yard Goats, and we're going we're gonna to play some uh, play some wiffle ball. and Yeah, wiffle ball, and. Go to the Iron Goats game. Yep. My buddy Jeff Dooley. And we're going to do a live remote from down there or a remote, yep. maybe not live. We'll see. That's right. So that's the Give Me That Shit. Next week is our anniversary episode, one year, 52nd episode. And it's going to drop on June the 6th, I believe. And, uh, and we're going to have at least one very special guest. It's going to be in that mix. We're going to do it up big for our anniversary. You know what? I was thinking about this today. We did an episode a week dropping on Sunday nights for 52 weeks. It's not that easy to do. I mean, I've seen podcasts just in the time that we've been doing this that mm-hmm. have come and gone. Absolutely. Like just, they just dry up or they just don't, they get bored with it or they just run out of ideas or yeah. they get busy. And we've stuck through it every single consistently, every single week, Sunday night comes out. I think I put, I think I put one of the first ones out. I think the second episode ever was like Monday. Right? Yeah, it was one. I was gonna say <laughs> one of the first day. ones that we ever did it was a Monday because I yeah. I didn't realize how long the editing part took. Right. Um, I think it was. I think it was June fifteenth. I think June seventh was the first. I think June fifteenth. Yeah. Was the second one. Uh, there's then. been there's been some you know been some kinks here or there where we've you know had to struggle with some stuff whether it's you know a segment uh, not being funny that only happened one time right. though. One or, time we did a segment and that was episode two. Uh, that time. we just, that we scrapped all together because it was terrible. Completely. Yeah, unfunny. <laughs> and then, you know, there's been times where I've been editing and it's been late or, you know, other stuff came up and other things happened. But, you know, for the most part, it's been Sunday night, you know, somewhere between, you know, five and 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most right. of the time it's right. set, most of the time, right, right around seven. But we've, we've been able to do that every single week and we appreciate everybody listening and our, number of listeners has been really consistently going up and obviously our guests are the big deal yes and 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 just here's a little here's a little breaking news that i'm going to break over the air just because you know matt hasn't heard it and might might as well tell him now so uh the anniversary week at lops starts 726 and he said that if we want to put a live show in that week oh so absolutely doing that so we could do a live show from Lops during their anniversary week. Yes. I so, think that's an excellent. So idea. I think I think that's gonna happen. So uh I and and we'd like you hey, no excuses now, people, right? No. Nope. We'd like you to travel. None. We'd like you to travel. Yeah. Do us a yeah. solid, come down to the brewery. You're gonna love the beer. I mean I guarantee you, you'll love it. Oh, absolutely. Uh but do us a solid and, and, and travel with us down there and come and, and come and watch the live show when and we when we do that. Company jackasses for crying out loud the week of the 26th so the 26th of the monday we'll have to pick a day like maybe do like the i don't know friday night or the, yeah something probably late something probably come. later in the week yeah friday or saturday we can go down and just have a good old time with yeah, people absolutely maybe try to get a guest or two that's in that area yeah you know and just uh oh that would be such a good time so yeah let's let's put that down that's a lops anniversary the week of july 26th mm-hmm 
That's cool. And if any one of our lovely listeners out there would like to audio record a happy anniversary to Maddie and Smitty of the Sportsmanship Podcast, we will put it on air next week. So you can put together a little audio, do one of those apps where you can do audio recording, put, hey, love listening to the show, whatever you want to say, but something about happy anniversary in there of the Sportsmanship Podcast and send us an email. Send it to us through email, sportsandshitpod at gmail.com. Or you can just hook up with us on Facebook or what have you and let us know you have one and we can get you the, uh, you know, get it away to get it to us. But I think that would be a good idea just to have some listeners, you know, just quick 20, 30 seconds and say happy anniversary to us. And all the listeners out there can hear themselves on, on the uh, podcast. I love it. That would be a pretty good idea. I think, I think it is a great idea. Why not? And if we can get, you know, a half dozen of them just sort of running at the end as we finish up the show, I think that'd be a lot of fun. You know? I agree. So try that out. I so concur. send it to us via email, sportsandshitpod at gmail.com. Quick little 20, 30 seconds of happy anniversary to the Sports and Shit Podcast. We would appreciate it. You can tell us to fuck off or whatever. You can yeah, roast us a little yeah. bit or, or, you know, make love to us with your eyes, whatever you want to do. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. If you can make love to us with your eyes through an audio, then that's talent. <laughs> it certainly is. We would welcome that. We would. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so go ahead and do that. All right. So that'll do it for episode uh, 21 in season two. We'll be back next week with our anniversary episode. We appreciate everybody listening. And we hope everyone has a great week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Supersonic ships at your disposal if you feel so inclined. All right, we're gonna travel faster than light, so do up your overcoat tight, and we'll go anywhere you want to decide.